I think it's one thing that I'd really miss. And if I ever have the chance to replicate it somewhere where I'll be living, I would do it even at a loss. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Insatiable Investigators. I'm your Detective XP player and we're doing a solo again. Now before we go to the casual talks because we don't have any particular topics in general, I'd like to quickly say that this podcast, after this one here, we will be going on a break. Mainly because we realized that, me and Venti realized that, it's difficult to sustain the podcast along with the workload we have. I have uh, some extra projects I want to do in my main channel and some other channel that I want to work on. And Venti has other stuff that is completely different to work on. And it's a pain. It's a, it's kind of difficult actually. So it's unfortunate, but for the sake of you know maintaining our workload so that it's still somewhat manageable, we're going to have to cut our losses and uh, suspend the podcast. Now, it's not to say that we're gonna completely end the series. We only did like. 17 episodes right now. Uh, this one's a 17 by the way, but that doesn't mean that it's gonna be the complete end of the podcast. Uh, we want, I personally at the very least want us to continue from December, but that's obviously up to Venti as well because his projects, I'm not sure when it's done. For me, I'd say I'd be back up to full capacity back on December. I'm not sure about Venti, so which is why I'm hoping we would come back as a season two coming this December. But if that's not gonna work, then yeah, just hope that we'll come back. We will come back in some capacity, but as to do I have a hard date for that, I'm not sure because there's only so much I could talk about. Right. I mean, I've doing so. I've done several solo podcasts already, but even now I'm like, I feel like I already consumed more than enough contents and spouted out enough content that I feel like I need a lot more content to absorb before I actually can talk about random stuff. So that's kind of unfortunate, but you know, I do make sure that if I want to talk about something, it has to go all the way rather than just be like a half-assed kind of thing. So kind of unfortunate, but it is what it is. So yeah. In the meantime, if you do want to see some of our stuff or you want to send your message to us, you can send it through the comments in the YouTube video or through the Google Forms. The links will be on the Anchor website and on the description. Or you can just send us a voice message through Anchor. That works too. And in that way, you can either send us your message to the podcast or your feedback or a response to a previous podcast that we made. So yeah, the choice is yours. And if you'd like us to talk about those, feel free. Feel free to send your messages. We'll be happy to read them. Anyways, so that's pretty much the disclaimer for today. And with that said, let's go on with the final podcast of this season. Absolute free talk. Hooray, because I have no particular topic to talk in mind. And well, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to eventually shift so much between different topics that it's like there's no one center, central topic to talk about. So yeah, uh, please indulge me with my lack of focus on today's podcast. Anyway, so it's, it's October, everyone. It's October. It's been two years since a protester got shot by a live animation in Hong Kong. Yeah, that time flies, huh? Who would have thought? It was. It already has been two years since that event happened. But yeah, I mean, I could say is all I could say is that 
things really do go by, I guess. And well, up until now, it's still hot. Hong Kong is still hot. Politically, yeah, it's still a hot mess. Uh, Weather-wise, it's still a hot mess. Yeah. What isn't a hot mess in Hong Kong? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the false reality that we feel like we're living normally isn't really because apparently we have other stuff. I don't know. It's like I checked the free press. Hong Kong Free Press, that's like one of the sources for my news usually when it comes to Hong Kong. Turns out there's an anti-doxing uh, doxing, uh, law that passed recently. I mean, I could understand the logic behind it, but it's like, again, laws suck. Mainly because the devil's in the details. And, you know, there's a chance that the system isn't really trusted, which... I'm on the side that doesn't trust it, so kind of sad, I don't know. Which is why I'm like, I should just try to do my best to get out of Hong Kong as soon as possible, I guess. I don't know. You know that you know that f- mindset that where it's like, if you don't like it, then leave? I want to, but I'm not gathering enough uh, stuff to get to it, so yeah. It's a pain. Hong Kong is like a prison. Even if there were no national security law, even if there wasn't the extradition bill, even if there wasn't the uh, umbrella revolution, I still would consider Hong Kong a prison. It's like you're being a slave to society essentially. Slave of society. Yeah, that's a different acronym for SOS everyone. I just made it up. Thank you very much. So yeah, I don't know. Hong Kong is... I really talked smack about that last podcast, but honestly, there's quite a lot about Hong Kong that, as much as it gives me the memories, I feel like I would be better off in a different country. But obviously, the main problem here is that I still am insecure with what country I would try to go for. Which is kind of like one of the reasons why traveling is a thing too. So it's like, I could like try to weigh on how I would approach things. Hey, I guess that's gonna be a topic. Why I, des- why I want to desperately get out of Hong Kong. Hooray. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I don't know, finding a criteria for a country that I want to be a resident of or a literal citizen of is gonna be a hard pickle because there's so many factors I want to consider as well as my capabilities as to whether I can go to said countries, you know, because there's only so much you can do when you don't have too much on your palate or on your you know, resume or on your basically your skill set. So I don't know. That's kind of like one of the things I have to consider too. So one main one here is weather. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to be talking about my mom for quite a lot during this podcast because, well, I realize that we actually have more things in similar than just blood, apparently. Um, we hate hot weather. I hate it a lot, she hated it a lot. I, I, I don't know. In her case, I don't know. She was supposed to be born in the equator, a country that sits on the equator, yet she also hates the hot weather. So, let alone me, who li- basically lived most of his life in the subtropical area, subtropical belt. I still feel the heat, I still feel the pain. Ah, helpless. But yeah, that, that basically rules out any country that's sitting on the equator or subtropical areas because it's hot as. Blatt? Blatt? Is that a word? I don't know. Um, but yeah. 
32 degrees, 33 degrees even. Uh, you may think this is standard heat, you know, standard heat on the tropical areas. The, de the Middle East goes to like 37, I don't know, 40 at times, I don't know. I don't know, that's extreme. Japan goes to 36, I believe. Uh, but yeah, Japan's further up north. And at least they have snow in winter. Hong Kong, what do you get? Mist, at best. Of course, you have some some little bit of like, um, what was this again? How do you call those? Haze? Not haze. How do you call those things? Hail. There we go. Hail. Uh, we may have some hail that are like on the high peaks, you know, Tamusan or, you know, those mountain peaks. Yeah, maybe those areas you get some hail, but we won't have snow. We don't have snow in Hong Kong. That's just impossible. So, I mean, there you go. Anywhere that's on the Southeast Asia, I'll probably just sit out of it. I want colder weather. I can't be productive in hot weather because I just end up being being just sitting there just complaining about the heat. Whereas in cold weather, if it's cold, I could just wear extra coats. If it's in hot weather, what are we gonna do? Rip off my skin? I can't do that. I could turn on the aircon, but then it's like the power cost is gonna be too high. So yeah, huge pain. So which is why. Well, that's one of the reasons that we don't want Hong Kong anyway, because of the heat. So yeah, huge pain. But yeah, speaking of heat, I suppose there are ways in Hong Kong where it's like you can basically stay cool. Where's the one of the malls? You go go inside the mall, there the aircon there would just be blasting. It would be just be buzzing, and well, you wouldn't want to be outside once you enjoy the coolness that is the aircon inside malls. I don't know. It's like they regulate the temperatures to like 23 or 20, 22, 23 degrees, something like that. I feel like it's that at least, but yeah. It's like when you have the hot temperature outside of Hong Kong, it's like you don't want to step out because of the pain. Plus, imagine all the buildings were built. It's hard to say that, oh, I enjoyed outdoors because, well, uh, it's scorching hot for Hong Kong standards. But yeah, pain. Another way to cool off is, you know, eat ice cream. Just like how you do in your childhood times. Hong Kong's case is that we have this ice cream truck that is called Mr. Softy. Softy? So, Mr. Softy. S-O-F-T-E-E. -E. Yeah. Uh, some of them some of them has the label of Mobile Softy, but I'm going to refer it as Mr. Softy because that's my childhood memory and I'll leave it as that way. Yes. We're going to keep it as Mr. Softy. Uh, to find one of these ice cream trucks, it's mainly on the touristy sites. So for example, the boat ends of the Starfair Pier. So on Shimsha you know, outside the clock tower, in front of the Starfair Pier, or on the central side, the central pier. So obviously, same thing. It's on the main road that is directly outside of the piers. So. Usually on those positions, you will see a Mr. Softy over there. Um, I do recall some that are like sometimes in Prince Edward, where it's like uh, just outside Argyle Street, I believe. It's like there's this bend here. It's like on Argyle Street, and then you have this bend. Uh, usually the Mr. Softy would be standing over, this, just parked over there uh, while you know the city, the market is running and all that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why do I remember these spots so vividly. Maybe these three are like the main spots where I get Mr. Softy. Which is why I kind of have this deep memory of it. But what's interesting though is that, well, as much as these like Mr. Softy vans are common on tourist spots, you do occasionally do see them on like other remote places. One of them being Tung Chung. I remember seeing uh, Mr. Softy showing up 
just outside the Tungcheng post office several times. And then just recently, actually, last Monday, I actually seen one that was parked outside the Tungcheng development pier. So the new pier. Um, yeah, that was... I never thought they would park there. You expect it to be like somewhere close to like the touristy sites, like, you know, the, the mall, city uh, gate outlets. Yeah, you expect them to park somewhere outside there, which is coincidentally, well, actually right outside the post office because they're pretty much in walking distance. So, I mean, that's an option. But to see the, see one being on the pier, I'm like, I should have gone there. I should have gone there to at least try to relive a little bit of childhood. But I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be a bit difficult, you know. I'd say it's gonna be a bittersweet experience if I do leave Hong Kong for good, but well, I think I would be fine settling down on a different country, but I guess that's it, I suppose. Of course, of course, as much as I'd say I do want to leave Hong Kong, it's like I, uh, I probably would still have like some memories in here. After all, I spent my, my entire life more or less in Hong Kong, and well, obviously, I would have some like ideas as to like like some memories that like I couldn't probably get anywhere else other than Hong Kong you know like Hong Kong restaurants that's definitely one thing that I feel like I will miss uh, once we do get out of uh, Hong Kong for good because Hong Kong restaurants are basically true to just Hong Kong's own fashion it's like they're really a fusion cuisine you know it's like it's like combining the convenience of western food but then you have a little bit of chinese slash hong kong mixed to it i don't know it's like it's like that where it's, where it's like i really like hong kong restaurants plus the sort of aura its atmosphere really is something i could resonate with uh or in cringier terms i vibe with the vibes that i have in hong kong restaurants i don't know maybe it's because of how often i just go through one of those whenever i'm studying on secondary school obviously as i keep going up it's like uh i don't really have the time to do this kind of stuff you know because uh workload huge pain in the balls i can't really uh spend time on those as much as i want to i think that's one of the few things i miss so i suppose i could talk about those times back in secondary school i do eat outside because back then during like the high school so secondary four through six if i was actually gone from secondary three to secondary six that's where my school at least back then allowed uh students to eat outside because only secondary one and two or you know uh seventh or eighth grade where it's like you have to stay indoors where you have to take the either bring your lunch from home or get that from the lunchbox supplier which i said before it sucks a lot except for the time they sell uh what was it kabayaki yeah refer to that episode if i don't know what i'm talking about but uh yeah usually it's either those options or when you go higher up you get to eat outside and as for me i usually end up on three choices if i do end up eating outside uh two of them i to go uphill uh one of them specializes in noodles and one of them is your typical Hong Kong style restaurant. Honestly, I like them both, but if I had to choose one, I'd probably choose the Hong Kong style restaurant because, well, there's a little bit more variety to it. I don't know. why. why whenever I go to the noodle restaurant, I just keep choosing a lamb hole. So basically, that's beef, beef brisket with rice noodles, essentially. Uh, should I say it's rice noodles? It's pretty similar in the sense of that. But uh, yeah, usually it's that. And if you're a student, you go to that restaurant, you usually are given free uh, bean paste, soy milk. Yeah, uh, I'm not a soy boy, but I don't know. 
I find it pretty nice. I find it pretty neat to drink that kind of drink, you know, soy milk. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit different from your standard milk, but I feel like it's, since it's free, I might as well drink it, you know, it's free. So, hey, it's also pretty refreshing, so. That's kind of like one of the things I like about it. And just with that, it's like, it's only like 30 Hong Kong dollars. So that's not even five US bucks right there. It's like just over four US bucks. And I get to enjoy a bowl of noodles, some bis beef, beef brisket, and a cup of soy milk. Yeah, student, we have student prices here, that's for sure. So yeah, that's one of those restaurants. That's say if I favorite one that's a little bit a little cheaper kind of thing, then I go from there. But usually where I end up is on the restaurant next to it, uh, which is a Hong Kong style restaurant. Um, yeah, the, the naming though, the naming though, it's pretty straightforward. Um, directly translated from the Chinese, it's called CV Restaurant. Now obviously I back then where when political stances weren't, you know, a huge focus, I'd go there a lot. But uh, yeah, mainly what I liked about it is that while you have a lot of different options you could choose, you know, if you're feeling cheap, you could just go get the gongzai mean. So that's instant noodles and you mix it with like some, uh, some extra toppings in there. Usually it's like luncheon meat, um, some sort of like pork or something like that, S stuff like that. Basically you have that kind of option, which is like very cheap, or you go for the sets. Now usually like every day they switch out their sets and there is a student price there. Uh, back then when we were still eating over there, it's like 42 Hong Kong dollars for a full set. Uh, 38 for students I believe back then, but it's like 42 now I believe. So that's roughly 6 US bucks. But what you get from that is one proper meal, right? So either you have the choice between rice and noodles, and you have the have the dish. Usually, it's like I don't know. In my case, I usually go for the one that's like either curry or you know some other dish there. There's this one that's like it's like uh, beef stew. That's pretty neat. Pretty neat. I like that actually. I don't know. I feel like that's where I grew my interest for that kind of like beef beef stew that has turnip in it. It's pretty neat actually. I actually like how you know how nice it was. I can't find a term for it. It's like, not chewy. It's like more of a sort of like very nice to eat, you know. I wouldn't say melt in your mouth kind of thing. But yeah, you get the idea. And then that usually comes with a bowl of soup as well with a drink. And usually my combo is like, I go for the bottom option and then I go with iced lemon tea. That's usually my order, actually. So it's like, even when I'm going to eat with my classmates, it's like most of the time I just end up with that option <laughs> because it's like, I feel like I just can't get wrong with it. I don't know. I just feel like I just vibe with it, really. It's like, yeah, you get a lot for... 42 Hong Kong dollars back then. But obviously if you're not a student or if you don't show your card or whatever, you're gonna be slapped with a little bit more expensive. So that's still, even then that's still like 7 bucks. So 7 US dollars, so roughly uh, 50 Hong Kong dollars I'd say. That's still pretty cheap, I guess, because uh, when I compared it to like a similar fashion restaurant in one Chai, that's like 60 bare minimum. Goes to show, goes to show, I feel like on a less developed like or less mainstream kind of place, you do get it a little bit cheaper, you do fare a bit better, so that's kind of like what I'd miss about uh, that area. And then either that or we go down to Kwai Fong, which is like, um, we go to the Kwai Chung Palazzo, and there's this noodle shop. Now, different from the noodle shop from going uphill, this one here in the Kwai Chung Palazzo, it's like, uh, you 
can also get rice, kind of like rice bowls and something like that. Or, you know, there's a lot of different options, but it's more so ramen, I guess. So if the if the one in Kwari Fong speciali specializes in ramen, then the one uphill uh, specializes in rice noodles. So it's usually that. In that case, both of, all of them actually don't exceed $50 on their like sets. So, which is kind of like one of the reasons why I kind of liked it back then. Because, well, it's pretty cheap and you get a, quite a lot for your bang, for your buck. I guess that's what I do miss, I would miss about Hong Kong, I guess. It's that experience to have like cheap meal meals that are very fulfilling and the atmosphere of it, you know. It's like a cafe, but Hong Kong style. I think it's one thing that I'd really miss and if I ever have the chance to replicate it somewhere where I'll be living, I would do it even at a loss. Well, not a large loss because I still need to at least make sure that the losses are handled. I can handle the losses, you know? <laughs> you know, as much as I want to keep this sort of like style, Hong Kong style to it, I want to, you know, keep the quality. I like to keep it as it is, so yeah. I don't know, that's probably gonna be like a passion project I'd be doing once I settle down in one country. But up until now, I guess that's it for the time being. But for now, I guess, yeah. Are there anything else would I miss about Hong Kong if I do leave? Other than perhaps the memories it did create, like Mr. Softy or Hong Kong restaurants. I don't know, there isn't really much because, I don't know, the work ethics about Hong Kong is, that is basically you just keep on churning, you just keep the grind. It's like non-stop. There isn't, there isn't many thresholds you could really cling on to or you know many minimum kind of stuff so I don't know. Would I miss Hong Kong in general? Probably not too much. Maybe these two memories, these two types of memories are kind of the ones where it's like why I still cling on to Hong Kong even if I would leave. It's just I guess it's hard to begin it. I don't know, this type of fusion is like something I do like. Of course I don't go for like the international kind of cruising kind of thing because, well, it's beyond my grade. It's beyond my pay grade, so, well, it's a pain. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I don't know. So other than that, um, what criteria do I want to look for in a country that I want to move on? Of course you can let me know down on the, your messages to tell me like what country would fit my sort of criteria criteria if you want then hey I'm more, to, more than welcome to have a look at them and I'd probably spend the podcast trying to analyze these options that would be, that'd be a good idea to start off season 2 or you know do our movies podcast with Venti because that's long overdue right now but workload sucks balls but yeah um as to what criterias I want from a country that I think I would love to stay in first off is probably um, Weather? I'd say weather. Mainly because um, I find myself to be not productive uh, under the heat of summer. Especially when it's like 34 degrees outside. I can barely handle that like inside here. And well, electricity costs are a huge pain. That's gonna be another factor too, cost of leaving. But yeah, overall in terms of weather, I think I'll prefer colder climates because, well, you know, global warming and climate change, whatever you want to call it. Um, I prefer colder climates. So moving up north would be the better option rather than moving south. Because when you look at the map, right? When you look at the map and you try to look at the northernmost land mass, 
uh, that is also developed enough country or developed enough city compared to the southernmost la- uh, country or southernmost city in the southern hemisphere, you've realized that the northern part, the northern city in the northern hemisphere would be further to the extreme than, uh, than the southern uh, city on the southern head extreme. So obviously on the southern extreme, we probably have uh, cities like um, say Auckland or Johannesburg, you know, those kind of cities. But then you go up, you have uh, Helsinki, um, you know, Copenhagen, you know, cities like that. Those are further up north. And honestly, I feel like I'd be, I'd prefer living in those kind of cities instead because uh, in that case, even even if the prices are quite expensive, they won't be exp- as expensive as Hong Kong. If I can handle Hong Kong already, then I surely can handle those other countries without that much of an issue. It's like, if you can survive Hong Kong, you can basically survive most other places. That kind of level. So, yeah. I don't know. So, I guess there's that. Second thing I'd try to consider is the cost of living. Because even if I do get the cold-ish climate that I prefer, I do want it to be like somewhat affordable, you know, so that I don't have to spend too much off of my pocket and actually focus the rest on it on like investments or starting ventures, you know. Give me opportunities to grow essentially, you know. Give me a chance to be an entrepreneur. A proper entrepreneur, not like the online type of entrepreneur kind of thing where it's like, oh, I hop on the internet and like, I just brag like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur because I make a YouTube channel that lasted for five years. But then it's like my channel, which is like um, five years and then like only 890 subs. So yeah, that's not really entrepreneurship, mate. That's not really entrepreneurship. I want to give value. Right. But at the same time, I want to like leverage the balance between like how much value I give and how much I've been taxed to. Because, well, I mean, after all, businesses need profit. You know, unless if you're a non-profit organization, which in that case, you'd normally be devoted into the, like donations and stuff. But I don't know. When it comes to like, those kind of donation stuff, you're, you yourself don't know firsthand as to what's happening with what happens to your proceeds. That's the main problem. It's like, sometimes, that's just why I don't really uh, donate through charity uh, organizations because there isn't enough transparency as to like where your money is going to end up being spent. Because when you ask me, right, for a non-profit organization, as much you need to keep your expenses you know, revealed to the public because you're non-profit, you know. You need to make sure, you need to prove to the public that you you aren't bagging any money from all the donations you've been receiving. And, well, if you can't do that, then it's kind of difficult for me as a person that wants to do a good cause to donate to a charity. So, which is why I feel like further down the line, if I do reach the point where it's like I can influence a lot of people. I won't be donating to charity organizations unless I have, you know, first-hand, you know, information as to where those proceeds would end up on properly. Something like I want, something like a stakeholder, you know, majority stakeholder trying to figure out what's the company doing or something like that, you know, stuff like that. I want that transparency, you know. So which is why charity organizations are kind of like a gray area for me. But yeah, other than that, uh, back to where was I talking about business. 
business opportunities, I guess, is one of those other factors. So cost of living, obviously, I wanted to keep it affordable so I could do business opportunities. So if I can do business opportunities where it's like, I would be rewarded to innovate for the country, then I'd say why not? Maybe I'd, maybe I'd like your country's policies, then hey, I might as well, I, I might as well step up my game and actually innovate for the country, you know? So, hey, something like that. So, I mean, local culture, I feel like I would try to, I would do my best to integrate into it. But at the same time, I also want to like bring the culture that I have learned from other places, especially Hong Kong, to those kind of places. So it's like for the people on those countries that want to experience Hong Kong culture, I could give it to them. You know, I'd like to have that kind of fair exchange because, you know, you know, it's like, it's basically the law of conservation. You can't give, you can't create something, nor can you destroy anything. It's, it can only be, and this energy would be converted into one form or another. Same thing with value. It's like, uh, it's the people that demand for uh, a certain object that determines the value of the product you're doing. So it's like other equivalent exchange, you know. There needs to be an equivalent exchange of sort. Money is just one way to kind of like barter between like uh, value. It's like more objective way to see value or a more, you know, standardized way to, you know, give value to a certain product. Something like that. Of course, you have like intangible products or tangible products. Intangible being like culture, uh, arts, you know, techniques. This kind of stuff that you can't reproduce on a massive scale. And they have tangible products, for example, like phones or, you know, uh, you know, something you can touch, like your t-shirt or your gadgets or, you know, your home. Those are tangible in a sense. So, yeah, why am I talking about these kind of stuff? But main idea here is that I want to, I want to be in a country where it's like I could be one secure Basically security. I don't know. This is like one of those things where it's like where most of us kind of want. We kind of want a sense of safety, I guess, before we actually take our risks, you know. I don't know. Because we're kind of like paranoid about safety, I guess. This is kind of like my thing here. But uh, I feel like it does have its limits. Being too safe just makes you not willing to take risks. And I feel like that's kind of like how reward scale anyway it's like high risk high reward there is some truth to that because well you're just gonna continue working and not like put your money to work then you're just gonna end up with nothing much you know because you didn't risk uh, putting your money up in the economy to do something well you know so no risk no reward really so there has to be some risk involved and yeah i don't know some other factors I could probably consider, I guess, are like how well I can integrate with the culture, but I feel like I'll do just fine, really. Because as much as I am in Hong Kong, it's like, I feel like I would adapt to most other con cultures pretty easy because, you know, it's like anywhere but Hong Kong kind of thing. Okay, anywhere except China and Hong Kong and any other authoritarian regimes out there. Yeah, those are an automatic no. I probably like stay around for like a few days to learn about the culture and all that, but to say that I'm gonna live in this kind of like areas, I I think I'll pass. I think I'll pass. So yeah. So any other factors I would consider when moving to a different country? 
not really. I don't really talk about most of the stuff. So basically, you have I have weather, so basically the climate, uh, cost of living, and business opportunities, and culture is kind of like a minor issue. I feel like I feel like that shouldn't be an issue because when you go to a country, you're so you're supposed to try your best to integrate into that. You don't have to literally absorb into it, but you know respect a culture whenever you move into one, because that's their lifestyle. And you know, your culture may be great for you, but it probably won't be too great for the country that you're moving into. So that's one thing I have to figure out somewhat.、Uh, I said there are two other things: education and healthcare, but. I feel like those can come in pretty easily because if the cost of living and the opportunities, the business opportunities I can do or career opportunities I can work on too, is pretty approachable, then I feel like the education and healthcare would also be at a high enough standard that like、uh, I'm fine. I'd probably be fine with it. From what I, from what I remember,、uh, Europe's education in general are usually free, usually. But、uh, yeah, I probably have some reservations about that. But yeah, having free education is pretty useful, you know. So that、um, it's like you can come back up, pick back up where you started, and just get to it, really. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Probably takes off like the like load as to cost of living. It's probably gonna be paid by taxpayers anyway. But I mean, if it's going to a cause where it's like leading to more students being, you know, more skilled. And contributing to whatever they can, then hey, then hey, I'd say I'd say those kind of like taxes are kind of worth it, really. So there's that, and then there's healthcare. Well, healthcare, I feel like if you're on like the Nordic countries, usually I think it's okay. So I don't think healthcare would be too much of an issue to me. Maybe I'll care about it more to the later years of my life, but for now, it's not really too necessary. But、uh, yeah, I'd say it's okay. Any more factors I want to consider when trying to choose a country? Immigration policies. I could think about that, but by the time that really comes to matter, it's like I would have more than enough assets to actually transfer to the country. So that's what I'm planning, anyways. That I want to make sure that before I leave, I would have enough assets and that they will transfer to the separate country that I want to go to without much hassle. Because with that, that means I can, you know, be content and make sure that oh, these assets can keep me going on even if I don't don't manage to end up with a job or my business doesn't go too well. Then at least I would have something to fall back on. So, yeah, that would help somewhat. But yeah, I think that's it. I think that's all I want to look for in a country. Really, cultures are something I'd have to study in each country or something like that that I end up visiting because, well, there would be goods and bads about the country that I want to learn from. Prefer- preferably, try to like make it into something that I would be content with. So yeah, there's that, and I think that's it. Really, that's really main main factors as to how I choose my countries. But yeah. As to whether I'm gonna continue Hong Kong's culture, you know, just the standard like food culture or stuff like that, I'll give it a try, maybe. But I'm not a chef. I'm not a chef because that's that's probably the one way I'll pass Hong Kong culture, either by the Cantonese language or by the Hong Kong restaurants. But I think I prefer doing the first one. 
because, well, Cantonese culture, you can't get by it without a little bit of cussing, you know. You know, as much as I avoided it during, we avoided it during, like, primary school. As soon as I came into secondary school, right, uh, secondary school, so secondary one, so that's like seventh grade. As soon as I stepped into the classroom, I heard two of my soon-to-be classmates already cussing. That's right, everyone. Secondary one, already hearing a bunch of cussing. And that was like back when it's like uh, six or seven years ago. No, that's like even more actually. That's like seven or eight years ago. So that's quite a long time ago. <laughs> and I already hear cussing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I'll be making a video on that on the future project. But for now, I'll leave it as it is. But yeah, cussing. That's one culture I think we can keep from Hong Kong. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, the cousin culture of Hong Kong is just... I mean, you may not hear people say that publicly, but, well, when we're pissed off, we want to be pissed off with someone else, we do that. We cuss a lot, so, yeah. I think that's gotta be one of the cultures that we'll export from Hong Kong. You know, bring with me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's what I have in exchange, I guess? So, hey, it is what it is. And, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Anything else I want to add for that? Not necessarily. Not really. I think I've already talked about the most stuff I want to talk about. But yeah, um, I guess we can talk about the channel, right? Because this is a work in progress, and I still haven't finalized as to the direction as to how the channel's going. But from what you heard from today's podcast, I think you have an idea as to the direction as to where my channel is going to go. So in general, how the channel is going to work is that it's going to be a sort of variety-ish sort of channel. Because there will be a lot of different content genres that I'll be doing. So it's going to be difficult to say that, oh, I'm actually pinning onto a single niche because that's how people grow, through single niches. No, I want to do everything. So like tech reviews, hiking videos, um, you know, learning culture. That's one thing too. That's something I could export to every other country. It's like I could study a, you know, old site or culture of different countries and share to the world and you know, hopefully gain some intangible value out there. And yeah, I think that's going to be some of the things that I want to focus on. And the ultimate objective, actually, is to just leave Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. As much as I said that the memories that I made with, you know, Hong Kong restaurants and the rest of in general, um, I think I'd rather do my best to leave Hong Kong, even if it has low taxes, even if you do have subsidies, if you're not you know, getting enough pro- getting enough income. Yeah, that. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, as to the tech reviews, I have some in mind because considering that this is going to be a real-life channel, in real-life channel, I want to do something a little bit more diverse. And to do that, I'm going to need the tech to do it. And in order to achieve that, what I have to do is I need new equipment. Because right now, I only have a laptop and a Gouda Wave 3, which is a microphone. Um, an Xperia 1 that I think I'm using up quite a lot of storage already. And a camera, a bridge camera that I can't use for plane spotting. And that's pretty much it. That's pretty much all the equipment I have in general. 
and in order to do like more of these more diverse contents for example hiking i can't really bring a bridge camera to be like oh i can bring this bridge camera and just bring it to hiking because i'm i could travel everywhere with it hooray it's kind of difficult to do that so um i think i prefer a more portable ish camera so let's just say something like the sony zve 10 or the zv1 so those kind of those kind of cameras i would think consider that but yeah I would consider the E10 though, mainly because I'd still have like uh, the accessibility to like switch between, between lenses. So just in case it's like I want to switch to like some quick photography, but uh, it's too far from Xperia 1, then I could go ahead and switch to that camera, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, that would work. Plus, plus my bridge camera actually doesn't support like USB charging or external power source. So yeah. I need that. I need that to actually do recording of my, my thing, you know? For example, if you want me to do a face cam video, I'm gonna need a camera that won't run out of battery, you know? So that's another thing to consider, battery. So yeah, um, but then the larger issue here is my laptop. I don't know if I whined about it before, but I'm gonna talk about it again. My laptop sucks balls, especially when I try to live stream. And that's a huge problem. I want to use my laptop to do some live streaming and yet it overheats all the time, it throttles very quickly and well, as you've seen from my City Skyline streams back then, I tend to complain a lot about it so uh, yeah. That's gonna be an issue I want to resolve quickly but at the same time I don't have too, much, too many funds at me so yeah. I need to try to weigh my options here, which is why I still haven't announced a proper date for the channel's release. Because even though I have the concept for the logo for it, as well as the channel name for it, I need the general direction as to where I want the channel to start growing. So yeah, maybe I'll start with start off with a little bit of tech reviews, you know, to show like the upgrade as to like my equipment, and yeah, just to tell you that oh. I I've did these upgrades. Go ahead, have fun. And imagine if that gets monetized within one month. That's that's just gonna be a an absolute what moment, you know. I I I hope that that's not the case. I mean, that would be great good news. That mean, because that means I could go on to monetization much quicker. But at the same time, it's like. I feel like the five years of uh, YouTube that I've done would have been just crushed to like just a little bit here. It's like this long ass prelude, long ass prologue to this main channel. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird doing stuff like that, but oh well. Oh well, it is what it is. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm fidgeting with my earbuds again. Why? Why am I doing this? Ah, uh, my focus sucks balls. I, mean, I say that, but I don't, I'm already like 40 several minutes in, so hey, I mean, that's still pretty good focus, I think. Maybe? Yeah. So yeah, for season 2 of Insatiable Investigators, I think we're gonna start adding face cams, at least for me. Because by then, I hope, my hope is that my main channel will reach 1000 subs, and with that, I will be doing a face reveal. That's my hopes, at least, anyways. So, um, in track of that, what I want to do is I want to do a face reveal on my live stream, uh, on a birthday live stream. Uh, I think it's gonna be a late birthday live stream though, because that's on because my birthday is actually on a Monday. Oh wait, I could do the same day live stream then. Okay, no problem. Because last year, last year I think it's also Monday back then, or a Wednesday when I did the live stream. But then I was like, eh, kind of meh. 
So I think we're gonna do a face reveal over there. And by that point, I want to, you know, show off a laptop, show off or something like that, you know, just to tell you how I'm doing my workflow and doing some stuff. If you want some Q&As, you can do that. So stuff like that. But to reach that target, right, from now until the birthday, I'm going to have to gain 3.33 subs every single day. And uh, yeah, that basically means that every week, I am gonna need, come on me, quick maths, uh, 21, 21, 23, 23 to 24 subs a week in order to reach that target on a stable rate. But obviously right now I don't have any proper videos for that. I do have scripted videos on the way so that I could actually work on it. So it's not like I don't have any feasible plans to be like, oh, oh, I hope that I hope that my channel is going to reach 1000 subs, but then I'm just going to be uploading my standard videos, which aren't getting too many attention, getting too much attention. So yeah, I'm going to need to put in the extra work on that. And that's partially one of the reasons why uh, we decided to end the podcast season one. So yeah, season two, let's hope it's going to be in December and hope for the best. It's about that time, it's gonna be Christmas, and hopefully, I would have more topics to talk about. Plus the movie. Remember, we're supposed to talk about the movies with, um, uh, Venti. Yeah, that was supposed to be the plan, but, well, it didn't happen. So, let's hope that season 2 makes it happen. So, yeah. Um, yeah, other than that, I think that's pretty much it. I think. And then for the other channel, I mean, for my main channel, FB Player, um, I have scripted videos ready, uh, planned, at least for the titles. So I do have titles planned for like what kind of like stuff I want to do. There's a fly around here. Ugh, get out! <laughs> Pain in the balls. Um, but yeah, where is it? Where are my things? I need to see what I have done to the thing real quick. I have a... Hmm, what happened to my... What happened to my... Ah, there we go. This one, right? So, I basically have a large series that I have in mind for Sith All-Stars, but at the same time, I want to start going to touch uh, Uma Musume Pretty Derby because, well, I don't know. I feel like I feel like this is one rabbit hole I feel like I want to fall into. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this to myself, but oh well. Gonna, gonna try to somehow shift it up somehow. And for the prospect of hoping that there's a global version to the Pretty Derby, I'd say there's perhaps a good time to jump in because hopefully uh, we'd hear them dropping a global version there and I'd be like, oh, I started just a little bit earlier in JP, just in time for the global version. Something like that. So we'll have to see. But yeah, that's where the main channel is going. So it's gonna be... I'm gonna come back to focus on scripted videos as well as try to get into Pretty Derby. And then for the other channel, like I said, uh, it's gotta be tech reviews first. So to showcase my equipment. And then after that, I'll be using it to do some like information. I don't know, some videos around Hong Kong, you know, because after all, like I said, I when I do plan to like emigrate from Hong Kong, I don't plan on looking back. And because of that, I want to like try to keep memories or like 
cultural importance that is left in Hong Kong, leave it in video form and try to, you know, try to preserve it as best to my capabilities as possible before I leave. So at least in some way you do kind of like have a touch of Hong Kong's culture as of recording, you know, and then that I think will be it, really. That's the main objective for the first half of the first part of the uh, channel, of the real life channel. So yeah, I'll basically be separating it into three acts. So act one will be the quest to leave Hong Kong or the journey to leave Hong Kong. And then act two would be the quest to find a new home. And then act three would be uh, the, would be the, the, I don't know, the chronologues, the, cro the chronicles of staying in this country, I guess, something like that. So yeah, <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to do. So act two is going to be a bunch of traveling. So yeah, three acts, I don't know. So which is why I wanted to have the word productions into it actually, uh, because there's so much I'm going to be focusing on and not all the time I want me, myself to be the main character, I want the info that I show to be the main uh, character of the videos. So yeah, that's going to be something I want to work on. It's going to be a very ambitious project, but if I can pull it off, then it'd be great. So I got to work my butt off onto that, which is why. Yeah, podcast, save my sin, but I'm gonna have to take a break onto you. But yeah, I think that's gonna give me like decent experience, give me like good things to talk about. So I can talk about like the off-screen moments and just talk about it in the podcast. That'll be a good thing, you know. I think that's gonna be where the season two is gonna go to. So from general topics, we could probably just be talking about, oh, this is what we did like behind the screens. Hooray. Yay. That kind of stuff. So yeah, I think that's gonna be the direction. Hooray. Um... One last pointer actually before we end this podcast is my mom is like, uh, let's start a vlogging channel. Look, I mean, I don't mind, I suppose, starting a vlogging channel with my mom, but my main problem here is that I am not confident in myself. I remember telling myself all these years that I won't be admitting that I'm doing YouTube for until I can present something that I could be proud of. And my mom got leaked about my channel because someone sold me out. I don't know who, but someone sold me out. And uh, now my channel is known to my former classmates and to my mom. Uh, my former classmates basically don't care about me anymore, so uh, I guess that's okay. No problems there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, main problem here is that my mom knows what I'm doing. Somewhat. But I'm not gonna wildly admit to it because I am not yet proud of what I'm producing. And I feel like it's only when I'm proud of what I'm doing, I mean, regardless of subs, it's like when I know that products or the video I produce is of a quality that I myself would uh, approve of, that's the time I would tell my mom that, oh hey, I actually do YouTube. Um, those five years there, those were a lie. <laughs> but yeah, um, starting a vlogging channel with her would probably be a thing, but um, I don't know. I don't know. 
her her thing here is though that let's talk about it actually let's talk about how my mom wants to work out this vlogging channel idea so what she wants to do is she wants to do hong kong culture she wants to do hong kong food uh but she wants us to do it in six languages so in her case it'll be ilocano tagalog and english in my case it would be english Cantonese and Japanese and perhaps a little bit of Mandarin in there because well and technically I could just put the, the Cantonese words on a Google Translate and just put on simplified and just call it a day and say that it's Mandarin but uh I told her that don't attempt to do that that's putting too much effort for uh being forcing yourself to a too broad of an audience because if you ask me right Six languages, that's very impressive, but that should be focused on a language channel. So say, for example, if I'm going to talk about a language channel, it'd be something like, uh, who's it again? Uh, I remember it's like Akiyama Yohei, Yohei-san? Akiyama Yohei-san, I believe? What's his name? Uh, let's try to find his name real quick. Uh, yeah, Akiyama Yohei-san. Uh, in, he, in his case, he says that he can speak 10 languages at least from last time we talked about it when i checked out his channel but uh yeah his case he can be excused because he uh is focused on language but if you've seen his uploads it's mainly geared towards chinese learning japanese or you know something like something towards his own japanese language so it's gonna be different you know so which is why I said that focusing on six languages is too much. You can't do that. It's too broad. You need to shrink it down. So, which is why I basically turned on her idea. That and also I'm too embarrassed to uh, show this me um, until later. But yeah. Uh, yeah, just... I'm just looking at uh, Akiyama Yohei-san's Yohe uh, more recent videos. It's mostly uh, teaching Japanese uh grammar and stuff uh with the medium of using chinese subtitles and also sharing like some facts about japan so we're just like yeah as you can see he focuses on that so chinese to japanese rather than his original 10 languages kind of thing so yeah which is why it's kind of difficult to like handle those kind of like niches so yeah I don't know. It's like, as much as I'm not that successful on YouTube, it's like, I do know how how, how it is that it's like, it's definitely gonna fail, you know, something like that. So, I don't know. I'll probably do a separate channel then. <laughs> Dear Lord. How many channels do I have to handle? Maybe maybe it's per maybe it's perfect that uh, the this work in progress channel is gonna be called productions because it's gonna it's probably gonna be the mother channel for everything else even for my original channel XP player so it's gonna probably gonna be like XP player under blah 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 productions kind of thing <laughs> a part of the blah 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 productions kind of thing I don't know I feel like it's gonna be something like that so we have to see. I have to say it's going to develop long term, but for now, that's a lot of ideas and spoiling a little bit more than this would be detrimental because probably someone's going to be like, oh, let's take that idea even though you haven't pulled it out yet. And I got, and you, they can claim it as their own idea kind of thing, but uh, oh well, we'll have to see. There's so much I could I have to do. I don't know. I'm just one person. There's only so much I could do, but I'll give it my best. 
it's probably gonna be my final gamble, I think. So if I even fail on this upcoming venture, then I think I'll just give up and just, you know, give up and actually just let it do for fun, I guess. Just truly do it for fun, I guess. But we'll have to see. But yeah, for now, that'll be it for today. And uh, yeah, that's it for today's podcast. Again, this is the finale of season one. Season two, hopefully, is gonna come December. As to which part of December, I don't know, but maybe it's probably gonna be mid-December. Early December, if you're optimistic, but late December at the latest, so I don't know. Probably it's gonna be Christmas by the time we actually record the session, but we'll have to see. But yeah, that'll be it for today. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, then be sure to leave a like on YouTube, or follow us or subscribe to us on our YouTube channel, as well as our platforms on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the lovely places there. You can check out our Anchor website for those links. If you want to send your feedback, uh, send a message, or, you know, respond to a previous podcast, you can also send it through our Google Forms or give us a voice message. And uh, yeah, that's it for this season of Insatiable Investigators. I'm your Detective XP player, and I've been listening to Umapyoi uh, Tensetsu this entire time while I'm doing this podcast. <laughs> This is how I get managed to stay focused for an entire hour, by the way. Trying to listen to weird music. <laughs> but uh, it's catchy, so. I mean, it's gonna get me into the hype. Into Uma Musume, so. I guess that is what it is. And with that note, that'll be at the end. And I'll see you guys next time. Um, I almost said my <laughs> XP player outro. Um, yeah. I'm your Detective XP player. And see you guys next time. Bye-bye. See you next season. Bye-bye.